We, the children in Israel, are going through very sad, scary, and difficult times. We wanted to ask you for only one thing. with you on Sandy Rios 24-7. I was going to interrupt that, but I just couldn't bring myself to doing it. It's a group of about, oh, I'm just guessing, maybe 15 Israeli kids, uh, little ones and big ones. You heard their voices. Uh, and uh, I just, it's just so moving. You know, the kids, um, I'm not sure if any of you or all of you have attended to the atrocities that have, are being committed and have been committed against women and children and the elderly. I, I really don't even think, feel I can speak about it to you. It's, it's just, I did say, I think last week, I did tell you they, in the initial attack, they 
beheaded babies and burned them alive. And that's not all. I, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't comprehend it. Uh, and uh, so they did drag off several children. I've seen lots of pictures. There's little children, teenagers, and of course adults that have been dragged away as hostages and facing unspeakable treatment, I'm sure. So it's not inappropriate to hear those songs from children who used to be protected from war. You know, I remember when the British sent their children, uh, the Londoners sent their children to the countryside in Great Britain when the bombs really struck. And no one that I know of, I'm sure it's true and not true in ancient the ancient world, but no one in the modern world has ever really targeted children like this. The Nazis, of course, did. Yeah, same kind of thing. Incomprehensible cruelty. Well, we're going to talk today about what's going on in Israel. I've got a ton of information for you, lots of stuff um, that I've been collecting. Uh, even as we speak, I think the, well, this is on Monday, the 23rd of October, that I'm talking to you. I think that uh, incursion into Gaza has started. And I want to talk to you about why it hadn't started sooner. And a, a lot of things about the Biden administration you probably don't know because you might think they're supporting Israel, mightn't you? Well, I'm going to get into why they're actually not. It's a, it's a, it's just a terrible deceit, and I want to tell you about that. But uh, before we get into that, by the way, by the way, and not the least of which, our guest today is Brigitte Gabriel. Brigitte is, if you haven't heard her before, then you're in for, well, a, a, a an audio treat because Brigitte is full of passion and knowledge. Uh, she was uh, born in Lebanon, and she has her own story to tell. We'll get into that, uh, but I, I hope you'll stay tuned. By the way, um, this is Sandy Rios of Sandy Rios 24-7. And, you know, you can call us anytime at 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. You can write us at sandy at net. You can listen to us on any podcast platform. You can go to sandyreels.com and listen very easily if you're not used to using podcasts. Finally, some good news. Uh, we talk about preborn a lot, and that's because we really believe in their mission. Well, I believe in their mission, and we know you do too. Uh, who wouldn't want to stop rescuing babies and helping mothers in crisis, speaking of children? Well, preborn is reaching into the hearts of women by allowing them to hear the heart of their babies and introducing them in the process to the heart of God. And it's a divine connection that doubles a baby's chance of life. Every day, preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies. But it doesn't stop there. They offer mothers maternity clothes and doctor visits and the help they need to choose life. Now, that's good news. You know, the other thing they do, and I say this all the time, they introduce the moms uh, to the Savior, to the reason that life is sacred. They they explain the whole thing. They may not lead with that. I don't know. Uh, they try to persuade them first, and then in the process, they make sure that they know. Uh, would you help by supporting pre-board? Many of you have. So many of you have, and I thank you. But there are some of you that haven't yet. You go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy, and make your most generous donation. All right. Uh, sit back, and uh, I can't say relax on these kind of days. We're going to bring you some information from Israel that you might not be hearing from other places. 
And you certainly won't be hearing my guest, Brigitte Gabriel, any anyplace else right in this minute except right here on Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness that we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice, not social justice, but God's justice, what's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association, a pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. All right, Sandy Rios with you on Sandy Rios 24-7. We know the battle is raging in Israel. We've been covering it as faithfully as we're able to do that. And so this morning, I've asked a good friend of mine who actually lived in Israel for a time. She grew up in Lebanon. She was the recipient of Hezbollah terrorism. She and her family lived uh, in, a, in a basement, in a hubble underneath their house for seven years, eight by ten underground bomb shelter, trying to survive uh, she has a vested interest in what's happening in Israel. She is a Christian Lebanese, but now she's an American and has been for a long time. But you know her by the fabulous, incredible, smart, beautiful, and courageous warrior that she is, and that her name is Brigitte Gabriel. Brigitte, thanks for joining me this morning. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Sandy, and thank you for <laughs> such an introduction. Next time I'm depressed, I'm calling you. <laughs> okay. Well, the feeling is mutual. All right. Um, you know, I want to just say, Brigitte, before you join me, because people, uh, this is a different show. People are not as familiar with you as I am. And I, I want to just, you have such a cool background. I want to just say you did move to Israel in, in 1984 after your family finally was free. And you became an anchor for World News, which is an evening Arabic news broadcast for the Middle East. You taught yourself English. You taught yourself how to handle the teleprompter from a teleprompter on television uh, and you covered that news, and you uh, founded, you've done so many things. You've dealt with leaders like Margaret Thatcher and George H. Herbert Walker Bush and Queen Noor and Itzhak Rabin and Shimon Peres. Uh, you are, uh, you've done incredible things. And you founded in the United States Act for America, which is probably familiar to many people. It's one of the most powerful activist organizations working on situations on the border, uh, talking about the threats of um, um, Islamic terrorism and radicalism, and now, of course, experts on what's happening in the Middle East. So with that, Brigitte, all right, that sets the table <laughs> for our discussion. Can I ask you just quick, this personal, uh, I was reading about a, a little account of a, of a Christian from, it's an area of the country I knew nothing about, and so when you say you're a Christian, can you just fill in the blanks of what that means and your without going getting on too much of a sidetrack here, explain to Americans what your group of Christians uh is what the roots are of that. Uh what do you mean? What uh Well in, in the in the world in which you live, see a lot of people don't know anyone in the Middle East, Arabs or even Christians. And so there is a strong Christian population. I know like for instance, I'm reading about this little town of Ramish, uh which is uh, a, a court Yep. What I'm hearing is that uh, the uh, the Hamas wants to use them as human shields because they are Christians. So that's the kind of thing that we don't know about. So y your own background, you were 
practicing Christian in Lebanon before Hezbollah came attacking, right? Absolutely. Lebanon used to be the only majority Christian country in the Middle East. We were 67% Christians. Uh, you know, people don't realize that, that, that in the Middle East, when you look at the Middle East, the only two countries that were non-Muslims, Lebanon was a Christian country, a republic, exactly like the United States, where we elect our representatives, and Israel, the only Jewish state. And these were the only two com- countries in the Middle East that prospered and grew, Lebanon in the 60s. In 1965, uh, National Geographic magazine had on its front cover Lebanon, Eden of the Middle East. Lebanon became known as Paris of the Middle East, the banking capital of the Middle East, because the Christians were open-minded, fair, tolerant, multicultural. We prided ourselves on our multiculturalism. We had open borders. Actually, Lebanon was the only country to accept the third wave of Palestinian refugees into the country, while none of their Arab brethren wanted them, because of our open-mindedness and fairness and tolerance coming from a Judeo-Christian background. Unfortunately, when people look at the Middle East today, and, and, and they are surprised to hear that there are Christians there, the reason why they're surprised to hear that there are Christians there is because of the massacres that have been committed against the Christians. Look, when Israel took, when Israel signed the Oslo Accord, Bethlehem used to be 80% Christians. Today, Bethlehem is less than 13% Christians. What happened to the Christians of Bethlehem? They have been persecuted and expelled by the Palestinian Muslim radicals. There are Christians in Gaza. There are Christians all over South Lebanon. Um, in southern Lebanon, we have many towns, like Fuzbullah now has 150,000 missiles directed at Israel, spread across 44 towns and villages in southern Lebanon. They have their weapons depot underneath hospitals and schools in Christian towns in southern Lebanon, because they want the Christians to be bombed when they bomb Israel, knowing that Israel is going to retaliate. Um, that, that's the sad reality that people, most people in America don't understand. Okay, so that's why the question, and you, you explained it very well. I want to ask you a couple of things that are kind of inside baseball that I just heard, but, you, you know, you may, look, there's so much news coming out. Uh, I, but I do want to ask you, um, I heard uh, yesterday someone say that they think that this attack on Israel uh, last week or the week before uh, was completely planned by all of the factors, all the terrorist groups around there, but that Hamas jumped in so they could be first and kind of blew uh, the plan. Do you know if anything about that? I do not know anything about that in particular. I think there's a lot of information coming out now. We do know for sure that Hamas and Hezbollah have coordinated together under the leadership of Iran to commit uh, this situation, to commit this massacre on Israel. And by the way, it's important to note here, Sandy, you know, you hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, the Shiites and the Sunnis don't get along, they don't work together, they are diehard enemies. What we are watching right now with what's happening with Israel and Hezbollah and Hamas being engaged. Here you look at Hezbollah, a Shiite army in southern Lebanon, and you look at Hamas, a Sunni army in southern Israel, yet they both come together and coordinate together as one in order to kill their enemies, which show you what shows you when we look at the Middle East and we start thinking and analyzing in our American mind, and our Western mind, well, you know, we can trust the Sunnis, the Sunnis are on our side, but the Shiites, those are the radical ones, you you know, those are the ones working with Iran. What, what, what this shows you is that when it comes to declaring 
declaring jihad against their enemies. The Sunnis and the Shiites will put their differences aside and come together as one, fighting under the, 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 the Islamic Ummah, the Islamic nation, against their enemy. And that's exactly what they did with Israel, and that's why they are all coming together now against the United States. I mean, look at Qatar. Look at the Muslims in Qatar. Look at the Muslims in Iraq who attacked our embassies. Look at the, uh, uh, the Muslims in Syria now, you know, bringing weapons to Lebanon through Syria. That's how Iran is getting weapons to Hezbollah. That's exactly why uh, Israel bombed Syria, Syrian airports last week, and bombed a, a convoy of seven trucks carrying weapons from Syria into Lebanon. So this is a perfect example as to why we need to understand the role that radical Islamic, uh, that the Islamic ideology plays in this, and that's exactly why Hamas named their attack against Israel on October 7th the flood of Al-Aqsa. Why did they embody Al-Aqsa name? Why did they call for an Al-Aqsa Day of Rage uh, worldwide last Friday? It's because they are invoking words that will, that will resonate uh, in the Islamic street from Indonesia to Paris to Bali to Lebanon. That's exactly why Saudi Arabia could not stand with Israel in condemning Hamas and this attack, because once you invoke the name of Al-Aqsa Mosque, you bring the Islamic street together worldwide. They didn't call, look, there are Christians and, and Palestinians. You didn't hear um, the Bethlehem Day of Rage. You didn't hear the Holy Sepulchre Day of Rage uh, on Sunday. All you hear is Islamic references to Islamic Day, to Islamic places that will provoke an Islamic reaction on the hearts of every Muslim worldwide. And that's why they're all lining up behind the Palestinian cause. Well, you can feel the passion in Brigitte's voice, and for good reason, I hope you can hear it in mind, too. I can't imagine having this discussion without your blood boiling, and we're not even finished with it. But I want to pause to tell you that Christian Healthcare Ministries, that chministries.org, is more than just healthcare. They are, in fact, a ministry. Their community serves all 50 states and works together to share the burden of medical expenses. It has collectively satisfied nearly $10 billion in members' health care Costs, and that should give you an idea of the scope of Christian Healthcare Ministries. Uh, the extra advantage is that members get affordability, they get flexibility, they get reliability, but they also receive access to 24-7 telehealth services at no additional cost. It all starts when you go to chministries.org Sandy. That's where you go to find out more. Check the cost, check the services, check the plans, and see if this is a better way of providing health care for your families. That's chministries.org slash Sandy, chministries.org slash Sandy. Make the switch today with any time enrollment. Now, fasten your seatbelts back to Brigitte. It's amazing. And I, you know, as you alluded to, all over the world, there are demonstrations. London's had tens of thousands a uh, hundred thousand, they estimate. As a matter of fact, and they've had them in uh, in uh, France. There, uh, France actually had to kind of call off one of the demonstrations. But uh, they're in the Ireland. They are in um, uh, Berlin, uh, Rome. I mean, it's they're everywhere. And 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 they are in the United States. I, it, Brigitte, I cannot believe what I just saw uh, yesterday. I'm sure you saw it too. Is uh, the masses of Islamists doing their prayers in the Washington Mall. 
And in the background, you could see the Washington, you know, the Washington Monument, uh, some of the other federal buildings as they call out Allahu Akbar and do their praying. What does explain to my listeners what the significance of that is to the Muslim world? Well, it is a huge significance to the Muslim world, because in their mind, this is the beginning of conquering America. This is beyond, remember, we, we, we in America are all into fast thinking. Fast, we are the fast food generation, fast everything generation. If we dial up our internet, if it takes more than one or three seconds to load up a page, we think, oh my gosh, it's taking forever to load up the internet. We are into everything fast, immediate gratification. The Islamic world has Patience. Patience. And that's exactly why they, they know it can take us 50 years, it can take us 100 years, it can take us 200 years. But one day we will turn Europe Islamic. One day we're going to conquer, uh, Islam is going to conquer America. This, whether it is ISIS, whether it is Al-Qaeda, whether it is Hamas, what you are witnessing right now is all these people that we have imported into our country who are coming together and gathering together against us. And, and you've heard me say it time and time again, Sandy, 2% of the passionate will always overrule the 98% indifferent. The, the Islamic organized, the Muslims organized in our country, and especially now who are coming together under the, 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 what's happening in, in the Palestinian territories, are so passionate about what they believe that they are willing to do anything and everything to come together, confront the police in Boston, in New York, on our universities, in L.A., in Florida, all over the country. Our side, especially Christians, sit on the sidelines and they pray. They say, oh, Brigitte, I'm praying for our country. I'm not the activist type, but I'm praying for our country. You know, Jesus set the standard for activism. Jesus was the first activist. That's what I tell Christians. When Jesus saw something wrong being done in the temple, Jesus walked into that temple. He overthrew the tables. He expressed his anger. He showed us that you are supposed to stand up when you see something wrong is being done, and you're supposed to take action. That's exactly why I named my organization Act for America. Now, think about America, not hope for America, not pray for America, but act for America. You can hope and you can pray and you can wish for the country. I do, you do, we all do, we all should. But without taking action, nothing happens. And I encourage people listening to this broadcast right now, if my voice, if my message resonates with you, please go to actforamerica.org right now. A-C-T-F-O-R, America, Act for America, dot org, right now, and join us. Sign up to receive our emails and action alert. Take action on our action items. Right now, we have an Act Now campaign to stand with Israel that's been signed by almost a million people. Please go add your name to that. We are now working on a petition in Congress to expel Rashida Tlaib from Congress. Please sign, take action and sign that petition. We have many petitions. We are now working on a bill in Congress that will stop importing not even one Palestinian refugee into the United States. The last thing we need is more terrorists coming together and standing on, on the mall of the Capitol demonstrating for Palestine. Not one refugee into America. Go to Act for america.org right now sign up to get our emails and action alert join us as a member stand with us as a member this is the time when we all need to come together and work together to save our nation we can pray but without action nothing happens we are the instrument
instruments in God's hand. God doesn't change the world through lightning in the sky. God changes the world through his people. We are his instruments. It's time for Christians to stand up and be counted. To whom much is, for, much is given, much is required. Now is our time to stand up and be organized and act for America. Go to actforamerica.org right now and stand with us in every way you can. Yes, and I support, Bridget, you know, I agree with you. And, I, and I've been fighting this, look, trying to help Christians, because I agree with you, we beca- I have a different way of saying it, uh, but there's an inaction that's, uh, that's not biblical. And I was just talking to some Jewish Christian friends yesterday, and we were reflecting on the fact that when God gave uh, the Jews the promised land, he said, but you'll have to fight for it. It, yeah. it wasn't great. It wasn't. They just pray for it so that the enemies would leave. They had to go in and fight the enemies to get the ground. Of course, that's not what we're doing here. Oh, but he's just. It's just. He didn't just give it to them in a in a uh, basket, you know, with a ribbon on it. He, they had to fight for it. And I think uh, you're absolutely right. I just. I see the scripture the same way. I, I want to in the just a few minutes that we have left, Brigitte. Could you please say a word of your your perspective of how the Biden administration is handling this co- uh, conflict? The Biden administration has created this conflict, and it's handling it in a very terrible way. Um, by the way, this is a continuation of the Obama policy. Remember, Biden was vice president under Obama. They worked together. Obama's foreign policy was just so bad towards Israel, he empowered them to get to this point. Uh, and, and that was the problem. I mean, that was the problem. When Obama took office, Iran was torn by internal strife, and Hamas was struggling to hang on to Gaza. By the time he left office, working with Biden, Iran had benefited from sanction relief and used that money to tighten its grip on Syria, Iraq, and Yemen, not to mention Lebanon. Obama's Arab Spring delivered significant amounts of weapons and rockets to Gaza from Libya. By 2019, Hamas was receiving $30 million a month from Iran. And more recently, it benefited from the trade in weapons abandoned in Afghanistan. Remember all these weapons now showing up in Gaza that we left in Afghanistan? All the negotiations made Iran and Hamas much more powerful. And that lays on the feet of Obama and Biden combined. Absolutely. And of course, yes, but Biden has just inherited the same opinion. But the, the, the appalling thing to me, Grigit, is that he claims publicly to support Israel. Well, I know privately he's not doing that. And even when they say they're sending aid, as I understand, the aid to Hamas isn't even being inspected uh, by anyone on the West. It's all being uh, the aid going into Hamas from the United States that they that the United States forced Israel to allow to be sent in there is being overseen by Hamas. No one is inspecting what's in there. It's so that's just one issue. It's uh, really pretty dreadful. All right. So in your petition, you ask for what? We ask, it's directed to all members of Congress. We have multiple petitions, multiple Act Now campaigns on the website. And we, it's not just a petition. We, we are presenting bills in Congress. We are pressuring members of Congress to take action, uh, 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 to introduce bills. So what we do when you click on Take Action, we give you the names. You can see the pictures of all your elected officials. We have an email written for you, so you don't even have to think what to write. With one click, it goes to all your members of Congress, no matter where you are in the country. Uh, we have social media posts prepared for you by our social media graphic artist. With one click, it can post on all your social media uh, and tag your elected officials. We have, we give you their phone numbers. We even have a script written for you. You don't even have to think what to say to them. You could literally read it off your computer screen when you are on the phone. A lot of the reasons why people 
We make it so easy for people to take action. They don't even have to think about it. And with the click of a button, they can take multiple actions about multiple issues. We have so many Act Now campaigns. When you go on our website, actforamerica.org, you'll see the national campaigns. You'll see the state campaigns. You'll see the trending campaigns. You can just take action as much as you want. All you have to do is enter your address, your name, so we can connect you with your elected officials. If I only have your name, your elected official doesn't know whether you live in Nebraska or you live in Florida or you live in South Dakota. That's the reason why we ask for the addresses to be connected with your elected officials so they can verify you as a real person. Um, and we want people to take action on these. And that's why we call them an Act Now campaigns. It's not just a petition, you know, come up with a fake name and a fake email and, you know, send, you know, 50 of them. That doesn't work that way. We have a legitimate system that will put pressure on elected officials. And that's how, by the way, Sandy, we were able to pass 210 bills on the federal level and the state level through our activism by, by, by turning every citizen into a lobbyist, directly putting the pressure on their elected officials to impact policy. We are empowering average citizens to take action and make a difference for the country. Well, let me just say, this is what happens when you get stuck in a bunker under your house for seven years uh, with your family after being attacked, and you learn to teach yourself English, and you grow up with a passion, and this is what happens. This is how God works. Sometimes when we think we are in terrible situations and we can't understand why God is not answering our prayer or delivering us, he's putting the squeeze on us and creating something that we might never have been. And I think that's, I don't know, Brigitte might have right. been wonderful and great no matter what, but... God used her suffering, no question about it, uh, to produce what she's done. And she delivers. This isn't just talk. This is all real. Brigitte is a powerhouse, as you can hear and see. And go to actforamerica.org, actforamerica.org. Certainly, surely, uh, you'd be willing to uh, uh, talk about and try to help expel Rashida Tlaib after her inviting Palestinians uh, to protest inside the House of Representatives. It's just disgusting. All right, uh, Brigitte, God bless you, and thank you for your time. I appreciate it so much. Oh, your latest book is called Rise. It's a bestseller, yes. Brigitte. Yeah, Brigitte. <laughs> Brigitte is a New York Times bestseller. I forgot to say, best-selling author, and uh, uh, Rise is her last book. Right, G- Brigitte? Uh, correct. Rise in defense of Judeo-Christian values and freedom, who are under, which are under attack. But I also want to plug in another book because I think it's so timely right now, watching what's happening in the Middle East. My first book titled Because They Hate, Because They Hate, A Survivor of Islamic Terror Warns America. Uh, it's a New York Times bestseller sold over a million copies for a reason. I encourage you to read it so you can understand what you are watching in Israel right now and what's happening in Israel and why we need to stand with Israel. Because they hate. You can find it on Amazon or even better yet, you can go to our website, make a donation, ask for the book, and you get it for a tax-deductible contribution. Okay, very good. Brigitte Gabriel, my champion, thank you for joining me. Thank uh, you, my friend. God bless you. Have a great day. God bless you too, Brigitte. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios, Sandy Rios, 24-7 back with you. I have a lot more information that I want to share with you that Brigitte and I didn't get into. I think I teased it at the top of the show about the Biden administration's, uh, the honest 
truth of their response to this. Brigitte talked about it a bit, but more about Obama than than Biden. So we're going to get into that in just a second. But first, I want to remind you, uh, but first, if you have the means, would you consider, by chance, a leadership gift to save babies in a, in a really big way? And that means, you know, to preborn. Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor Preborn's entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue 200 babies. To donate, all you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. You know, we started the show talking about these children in Israel singing that Stand By Me, and I gave you a hint at the atrocities that are being committed against those kids. It really is completely and totally related to saving babies in the womb. They are not really different issues. One is caused by terrorism, and another one is caused by caused by otherwise civilized people who think nothing of killing babies in the womb. And that's what we're trying to stop. Same but different. Same but different. God hates both, I guarantee you. If you would like to help preborn, go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. Going forward, there are several steps for U.S. policy. Number one, we need to cut off the funding that has enabled this attack to happen. And what is so infuriating is over the last two and a half years, Joe Biden and the Biden administration have flowed nearly $100 billion to Iran. Understand, Hamas is a proxy for Iran. Without Iran, there would be no Hamas. And the Wall Street Journal has reported that this attack was planned by Iran, was funded by Iran, was directed by Iran, and yet the Biden administration continues to allow billions and billions of dollars to flow to the Ayatollah to be used to murder Israelis and to murder Americans. All right, that was Senator Ted Cruz on Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiroma. Uh, So Ted is explaining something that we've been saying all along, but the Biden administration has been... I don't know if they're admitting it now. I doubt it. They've been saying, well, we're not sure. We're not sure about Iran's involvement. We're just not sure. But we're sure. I guarantee you the world is sure who's behind all of this. And Ted just spelled it out. And also, then, you have to know how deeply the tentacles uh, into Iran or from Iran, whatever, the mutual admiration society that's going on between the Iranians and the Biden administration. I'll let Ted speak first again, and then I'll fill in some more of those blanks. This is why we think the Biden administration is up to their neck with complicity with Iran. Let's listen. And what you just mentioned with Rob Malley remains one of the greatest national security scandals in our nation's history. So Rob Malley was, was Joe Biden's chief negotiator for Iran. He's an incredible Iran sympathizer. He is an advocate, a passionate advocate for the disastrous Obama-Iran nuclear deal. But he also has extraordinarily bad judgment. He's been fired. He's had his security clearances stripped, which I want you to pause and think, just how bad does his conduct have to be to have his security clearances pulled by this ideological and radical White House? But we now know also that, among other things, Three of Rob Malley's top advisors, his, his inner circle his, his, the, that he relied on, were Iranian operatives. They were recruited by the government of Iran. 
They were directed by the Iranian foreign minister. They reported to the Iranian foreign minister. We have their emails now in which they discuss. One of them discusses with the foreign minister that, that his loyalties are with the government of Iran and he is there to do whatever they direct, including making the message from within the federal government that, that, that there's nothing wrong with Iran having a nuclear stockpile. You literally had three Iranian spies working in senior positions directly around the U.S. government. One of them, as far as we know, remains a chief of staff in the Department of Defense to this day with access to classified documents. And yet the corporate media cannot be brought to mention that three Iranian spies were brought into senior levels of government with access to classified materials while working directly for Iran, the same Iran that just murdered 31 Americans and 1,400 Israelis, the same Iran directed by an Ayatollah who regularly leads mobs chanting death to America and death to Israel. Uh, so Ted is not exaggerating. He is not exaggerating. That is really how horrible this is. And But wait, there's more. Uh, President Biden had the audacity uh, to appoint recently Jacob Joseph Jack Lew as the ambassador uh, to Israel. Well, that's okay, isn't it? He's uh, the former Treasury Secretary to Barack Obama. Great guy, right? Well, he was the person who was responsible for administering sanctions relief to Iran as a result of the U.S.-led multilateral joint comprehensive plan of action. He's all into helping Iran. And that's just another staffer who's going to be the, the ambassador to Israel. How insulting. How insulting. And it's worse than insulting. It's frightening to think that this is what the Obama... The Biden administration. I keep wanting to call him O'Biden today, I guess, because Brigitte mentioned Obama. But I want to tell you uh, now, also, we've learned that uh, when Anthony Blinken came in and met with the Israeli cabinet, he spent seven hours with them. And while publicly the Biden administration was claiming to be over, that he sent that they sent Secretary of State Blinken in to help the Israelis. That's not at all what happened at that table. I have a report from an insider I'm going to try to give it to you as best I can. What they actually did, and I'll read the details in a second, was threaten Israel. See, the problem is the United States has been supplying all the weaponry for Israel for 50 years, maybe more. The planes, the weapons, the whatever, you name it. They, the, smart, uh, the, um, the Iron Dome is supplied, not invented by, but supplied the parts and the, all that has to take place. But the Iron Dome is supplied by the United States. And I remember when Barack Obama was president and there was a problem in Israel, there are always problems in Israel, he, President Obama, refused to give parts for planes that were down, for, for all kinds of equipment, the Jeeps, all of that, that were used to wage the war or defend themselves in whatever situation that was, Barack Obama would not send them those parts. You probably didn't know that, did you? Because, you know, he was wonderful, right? He was like, uh, Barack Obama, Obama our, our Obama. He was a nightmare for this country. It has nothing to do with color. His color blinded people. They gave him a major pass because he was black, but he was half white. Who cares about that anyway? But evidently, lots of Americans do care about that. We have to have 
We have to think differently. It's not what people look like. It's not what they say. It's what they do. He was an enemy of this country, and this country belongs to black, white, brown Americans. We are all in this together, pledged to support our Constitution, our laws, but not the left. And they come in all colors, too, by the way. So so they, at that table, Anthony Blinken threatened Israel that if they didn't do many things that I'm going to tell you about those things, some of them, if Israel did not fall follow the bidding of the Biden White House, they would not be supplied or resupplied. And the other thing is Hamas is filled with those tunnels. That's where they're hiding refuge, uh, hiding hostages. Um, and there are bombs called bunker, bunker busting, something like that, bombs, that the U.S. is refusing to sell to Israel to fight. That's where the Hamas operates from is those tunnels. So... Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to drill down on this before I do my conclusion. We we're announcing, well, Blinken announced, and we're announcing something else. Blinken announced that the U.S. is providing. Are you ready? A hundred million dollars in humanitarian aid to Gaza and the West Bank. This is just days after Gaza attacked and massacred any number of people at that. At the concert, people in the kibbutzes on the border, you know, you know the story. Uh, so they had just done that, and, and you know, killing the babies and killing the women and killing the elderly, slaughtering them and dragging off hostages. And so um, Anthony Blinken goes into the cabinet meeting and asks, you know, that demands that Israel allow the United States to send in $100 million in humanitarian aid. And you just heard me say with Brigitte that the New York Times, in fact, is reporting that no one got to check that aid. I say that in quotes. No one got to check that. It was all handled by Hamas. So the other part of this is they demanded that um, you, it Israel stand down. They were, they were all on the border ready to go in in the tanks. As you know, you've seen the, the photos of it. You wonder why they didn't do it. It was because Biden pressured them not to do it. And Blinken threatened them. They were threatened. And if you don't believe that, I'll read to you. This is, um, if I had the clip, I'd play it for you. Israeli Defense Minister Gallant did a press conference. And in that conference, he said, the Americans insisted. Oh, he's at, he was asked the question, why did he agree to allow aid into Gaza before the release of the hostages? And Israeli Defense Minister Gallant said, the Americans insisted, and we are in no position to refuse them. We depend on them for aircraft and military equipment. What should we have done? Should I refuse them? So I just wanted you to see, in case you think I'm exaggerating, that that's exactly what's happening here, and I'm not done yet. The observation has been made. Now, I got some of this from a good friend who, let's just say, knows. Um, And they make this point. It's illegal under U.S. and international law to supply terrorists directly or indirectly. Biden is breaking the law. And on board Air Force One, again, this is inside information. I'm not saying I'm the only person that knows this, but I don't think you'll see this on Fox or NBC or ABC. On board Air Force One, President Biden was just asked, and that's when this was written, if he managed to prevent Israel from invading Gaza. And he said it is a discussion taking place between military officials on both sides. The implication was clear. 
and he's pressuring Israel not to take over Gaza. Treat the war as another round of nothing warfare that will keep Hamas in power and with U.S. and other international assistance and Iranian arms rebuild its arsenal. Aside from that, Biden gave us a lecture on morality. It's important to note, while he was there, Biden was completely humiliated by the Arabs. Now, Again, this is someone who knows. In Arab culture, if a man comes to the opening of your tent, you have to provide him with hospitality, even if you hate him. Sisi from Egypt, Kim Abdullah from Jordan, Mahmoud Abbas, all of them refused to meet with Biden. And he responded by attacking Israel, giving us a morality lecture and ensuring the resupply of Hamas. Well, that's an insider's voice on what the Biden administration is actually doing. And so I just want you to be aware. Uh, You can share this podcast for sure. I would suggest that you do that because I think most of your I'm guessing most people don't have any idea. I want to also bring you up to date. We've had at least 3,600 people, Israelis killed. 29 Americans have died. And uh, that's kind of, and a lot of them are children and women, as you know, and babies. Who cares? I mean, life is sacred at any age as far as I'm concerned. So it is more appalling, I think, when someone tortures babies and kills babies like that. No question about it. But really, life is sacred at any age. It just there's no pass. If you do it to the elderly, how, is it less horrible? I don't think so. So this is where we are, um, and we're having attacks all over the world. I just saw this morning that over the weekend, a prominent Detroit synagogue president found, was found stabbed to death. She's a liberal Democrat, works within the Democratic Party. She's the board president of Isaac Agree Downtown Synagogue. She's 40 years old. Her name is Samantha Wolf. They found her stabbed multiple times with blood leading from her home to the sidewalk, all the way down the sidewalk. And so now they say the FBI is involved, but they can't imagine, you know, what the motive might have been. I'm just telling you, we're in trouble. And then we also see that in, Ma- in Minneapolis over the weekend, this happened actually on Sunday, a group of uh, anti-Israel protests, uh, Palestinians uh, closed down the streets, one of the main streets in Minneapolis, and uh, tried to drag, they did drag an older man out of his car, and he managed to get back in. It's quite the thing to see. Actually, the blaze has the story and the video, uh, but they were, they did not, were not able to do him bodily harm, I don't think, uh, but but they certainly did, I'm sure, scare him to death. It lasted a long time. You could see it in the video. So this happened in downtown Minneapolis. And, of course, as I mentioned before, we've got uh, Palestinian protests, Palestinian Hamas protests all over the world. So that's kind of the story, the update for today. Some wonderful things are happening. Of course, uh, the Israelis continue to be a great example to us of how to respond Um I think Christians really don't know how to respond. But the combination of my conversations with General Boykin, Lieutenant General Boykin, who was uh, one of the founders or one of the beginning members of Delta Force, who has led, uh, you know, some of the biggest battles of the modern era, been involved in them, we've talked about how Christians should feel and how they should act. I think General Boykin would agree with Brigitte that Christians have lulled themselves into thinking that it's sufficient to pray or just share email or do whatever it is we do. And Brigitte is trying to tell us and encourage us to act. And, you know, she's not wrong about that. She's not wrong about that. And I would ask you guys, as I pray about it too, 
You know, how far do we go? When do we, what do we do? This was a problem, you know, during the Civil War. You got your nation at stake, and you've got neighbors who feel differently than you, and you it's literally the beginning of a war. How are you going to respond? Which side are you going to take? Are you going to fight? Or are you going to sit back? Can you sit back? This is where we are now. And honestly, we need God's help to give us uh, discernment. I, I will give you uh, Brigitte's address again. It's actforamerica.org. That's actforamerica.org. And you can see all the things that she does and join along with your petition and trying to get Rashida Tlaib out of Congress. I vote for that one. I want to thank my sponsors, Preborn. You know, Preborn Network Clinics have rescued over 200,000 babies' lives from abortion. And every day they save 200 babies' lives. And that's because of you, by the way. And if you want to help, you haven't jumped in yet, go to preborn.com slash Sandy, preborn.com slash Sandy. And for excellent, excellent health care coverage, go to chministries.org. That's chministries.org slash Sandy. Thank you so much for listening today to Sandy Rios 24-7.